this story that we began a couple of weeks ago and that we continue today is, to me, it's awesome, and I love that we're in it, but I, I got to tell you something that you may be like, what? This, this diagram that we're slowly filling out, and, and you'll probably hear us say this even more in the next couple of weeks, but we, we could tell you this story in, in about one minute, actually. So, and yet we've decided to take about 25 minutes for six weeks straight to tell you about it. You're thinking, come on, man, right? But I want us to be immersed in it. I want us to be marinated in it because it's the most important story that we can ever know. Because in being in this story and immersing ourselves in it, I think it will help you come to understand why things are the way they are. It can help you to understand God a little bit more and why he has done what he has done but also gives you the ability to know the story well enough to tell it because it needs to be told. It's, a, it's the, the greatest story of all. And, and to sort of backtrack a little bit, let's kind of catch back up from the beginning to where we are now in this story. We began a couple of weeks ago by talking about how God designed everything. And first four words of the Bible are, in the beginning God. He created everything. And he created humanity. And he created you in his image. And everything was awesome. And you were created to walk with him. Doesn't that all sound great? It is great. It was great. Until something happened that we talked about last week. And that's a little three-letter word called sin. Adam and Eve were created with the ability to choose. And they chose to disobey God. Sin entered the world. Sin entered the human DNA. And we've been struggling with it. We've been born into it ever since then. We have sin. And sin drags us and pulls us immediately away from the design of God. And that's where we ended our story last week. But where does this thing called sin take us to? If it's away from God's design... Where is it dragging us to? It is dragging us into brokenness. We've been talking about it all morning long, haven't we? Brokenness. This is our plight. This is your plight. This is my plight. That The plight of humanity is that we have brokenness. We said last week that every single person that has ever lived beside Jesus Christ has sinned. We all have disobeyed God. We have all sinned. We have all fallen short of God's glorious standard. And so what that also means is that every single person in this room has brokenness. We all have it. We all have brokenness. Isn't that great news? <laughs> I will promise you that in the next coming weeks, we're halfway through this story after we're done today. It starts getting better and more hopeful, but we need to understand where we are right now before we can see this awesomeness that's coming very, very soon. I want to read to you a passage in Romans. We actually read part of this a couple of weeks ago. Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 20, says this, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. It's a powerful verse. Because it reminds me that someone could have never walked inside of a church building their entire lives, but if they stop and actually take in God's creation and see what's happening around us, the power, the power of the wind blowing today, right? And everything else that we can see all around us points to a divine creator, something bigger, more powerful 
that is able to creatively and intricately create that which is made. I think about this all the time, that the, my ability to be able to, to breathe in and out without thinking of it, that my heart pumps without me telling it to do so, is just, it's a testimony to the powerful creation of God himself. We have no excuse to not think that there is a God. It goes on to say in verse 21, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to, whatever, to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That last sentence is so humanity that if left in our brokenness, this is what we do. If left in our brokenness, we have this throne in our heart and we'll put something on it. We're going to put something on it. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure out what's most significant to us. And that's going to be what we worship. That's going to be what we idolize. And for the most part, it's usually just kind of us, what we desire, what we want to accomplish. It could be lots of different things. It could even be other people. And he even alluded to the history of humanity where, golly, if left in our brokenness, we'll, we'll carve something out of rock or, or wood and say, that's God, and worship that instead, which maybe that's not something you're tempted to do, or maybe that is something you do, actually do. But this is what happens in our brokenness. In our brokenness, we will gravitate towards and live for that which God created rather than actually Him, our Creator. And isn't that so true? Do you see that? That we worship the creation over the Creator. We do that. That's what we tend to do. So in that one passage, God is helping us to understand the plight of humanity. And you know what? Not only do we have brokenness, our very planet has brokenness. I'm reminded of what God said in the wake of sin entering the world. He, he said this to Adam in Genesis 3, 17, 18. And to the man he said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. <laughs> Even the ground is cursed. Even the ground is broken because of sin that entered the world. And he said, All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you though you will eat of its grains. So when mowing season begins again and you got to deal with weeds in your mulch or whatever, you're going to be like, thanks, Adam. Appreciate that. You know, we, the very creation itself is experiencing the pain of our brokenness, of, of broken, the, the sin of humanity. Uh, Romans 8.22 says this, For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. So even the planet groans in pain, groans in suffering because of the curse of sin. So we see it all around us. Even as the wind is blowing like crazy today, I'm reminded that disease and disaster and the things that we experience on planet Earth 
are yet another indication of the brokenness. God did not design the universe to be that way, but once sin entered onto the scene, we have brokenness all around us, all throughout the planet itself, and certainly within us personally. Making it personal once again, here's what I've come to understand. Our hearts are broken. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? You've heard it said in songs and poems on Hallmark cards or great wisdom from somewhere. Hey, follow your heart. Follow your heart. I say, uh-uh, be careful. Our hearts are deceitful. If we decide we're going to just follow our hearts, our hearts desire things that are not always of God because our hearts are in this brokenness that we're talking about. Our vision is broken. We don't see clearly. Jesus said in Matthew 6, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And then he goes on to say, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So, so when we have brokenness, We can't see clearly. We see through broken lenses. We see through our brokenness out into our own lives and into the world. And therefore, it's very difficult for us to figure out the right way to live, the right way to respond, the right way to perceive things. Our vision is broken. Our thoughts are broken. In Mark 7, Jesus said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. All of these things start with our broken thoughts. Our thoughts are broken. Our ambition is broken. In our brokenness, Our ambition tends to be all about who? Number one, I'm out for me. It says in James 3.16, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. So this is our plight. We have broken vision, broken hearts, broken thoughts, broken ambition. And my favorite thing about this whole diagram, and I know it's a silly thing, but I love the squiggly lines. When I see those squiggly lines around the broken circle, I'm like, that's me. I'm a squiggly line. Just trying to figure it all out, right? I've got this brokenness that causes me to have a heart that's kind of not quite seeing and thinking the right way. My thoughts are broken. My vision's broken. So I'm just, if left in my brokenness, and I I know this about me, and I know this about humanity, if we park in our brokenness and we stay in brokenness we're just trying to live out of that brokenness and because our vision and hearts and thoughts and ambition are not quite aligned with God we're all kind of going this way and that way just trying to figure it out and the verses we read use words like dark and confused and selfish that's our plight if left in our brokenness the Bible says it this way in Isaiah 53 6 All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. (laughs) We're like sheep without a shepherd. 
That's what it looks like. We're just kind of going this way and that way. The grass is going this way, and I keep chewing grass, and I like grass, so therefore I keep eating grass this way. That's what sheep do. If Without a shepherd, we're just wondering and wondering and wondering. That's what God's Word says. I like this verse, too. In Proverbs 14, 12, it says this. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. That's what these squiggly lines are. Uh, This feels like the right way to live. It feels right to me. It feels good to me. So therefore, I will follow that path. Friends, that explains all of humanity. Do you see that? And, 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 And honestly, what I see happening a lot is that explains all of humanity, and we have gone to a place where we don't even call this, we would not call this brokenness. We would call this living my life. We would call this my identity. We would call this my truth. This is me just figuring out my path in life, and I'm finding myself. That's brokenness, guys. And this is not God's plan for us. This is not His purpose for us. And, and, and what's hard, probably the most dangerous thing about this story is when that squiggly line feels so good, we want to stay squiggly lining. So that feels good. That feels great. I'm loving this. I don't, I'm going to stay right here. Or when we get applauded for that squiggly line. Hey, hey, way to go. Good job. That's awesome. Look, you found yourself. Look at your, whatever. And it gets applauded. Or just out of complete ignorance, we just think this is awesome. I think this is life. And that's some of the most dangerous places to be because if that's the case, then this is where your story ends. And it's not where God wants it to end. This is actually a turning point potentially in your life. And I want so badly to tell you the rest of the story, which really only takes a minute to tell, but I'm not going to tell it to you. You've got to come back next week to hear some awesome stuff. We're going to start telling you a lot more hopeful, positive things. But I'm going to give you one little spoiler. I'm not going to spoil all that, but there's one little spoiler. And it's a big, 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 big truth. And it's this, that the only one who can fix the broken is the one who designed the broken. And you know this. You live this out in everyday life. My son's iPhone stopped working. Now, I'm kind of a geek, and I like technology, and so I, I was confident that I could fix it. Tried lots of different things, could not fix it. And so he ended up going to the perfect place, the Apple Store in Kenwood. They made that thing. They didn't really fix it, but that's okay. That kind of messes my illustration up a little bit. Um, He's got to get another one. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Making money on us. I see how that goes. But truth of the matter is, is that's what we do every day. When my car tears up, I go to the one who made the car. We take a car to the dealer. We take a car to the mechanic who knows how this thing is made, who has put it together and has taken it apart and knows the inner workings of it. You know what's interesting to me? Jesus said that narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, but broad is the way that leads to destruction. And that was a ver- passage that always scared me when I was little. And, and then a lot of people look at that passage and talk about how Christianity is so narrow-minded and blah, blah, blah. And I, I can go down that path with you for a while. But when I think of this, it reminds me of how narrow is the way that leads to life. It's narrow because it so obviously needs to be. 
where else am I going to go with my brokenness than to the one who made me, to the one who keeps it all together? The Bible says that through Jesus Christ, all things were created and all things are held together. So who else would I go to with my brokenness than Jesus Christ himself? When you start thinking about that way, I just want to say, well, duh. It's not us trying to be all weird and religious and whatever to say narrow is the way. It's like, no, no, seriously, you can't just go any which way. You can't just go any which way that you want to get fixed. There's only one way. Go to the one who designed you. He can fix it. And you know, it may not look like you want it to look. And the next chapter out of your brokenness may look way different than you ever imagined it to be. But I can tell you this from my own personal experience and everyone else I know who has taken the next step I'm going to offer you in just a moment. But everybody I know who has taken this next step and they've kind of started moving into a new chapter away from their brokenness, they would tell you, wow, oh, how great and mighty is God who you would not have imagined could have taken the shattered pieces that you have in your life and done something absolutely amazing with it. That's what he does. And that's the next step I want you to take this morning. It's a baby step. Don't think about what happens after this step. We're going to talk about what happens after that step in the next three weeks. But this is the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. Surrender. Surrender the broken pieces to God. You want to know what to do with the brokenness you feel, the brokenness you see, the brokenness you harbor, the brokenness you feel stuck in, the brokenness you don't know what to do with? Surrender it. Let go. Give up. Quit trying to put them together yourself. Quit trying to go into another place that will help you forget about the brokenness. Don't we do that? We like to cover up the brokenness. We like to medicate the brokenness. We like to find someone that might just accept the brokenness for what it is, and then I'm just okay to stay in the brokenness. That's not God's plan for you. He wants to heal you, and he wants to redeem the brokenness and turn it into something beautiful that you've never been able to ask or imagine him to do. But it starts with this little tiny baby step. Let go. Humbly come before him with the broken pieces and say, God, I can't, I can't do anything with this. I don't know what to do with this. So I just let it go. I surrender it to you. It is the most important step you will ever take in your life. And I invite you to do that today. In a moment, we're going to sing a, a worship song While we're singing that song, I'll be standing down front here. We'll have a couple of others who'll be standing down front here. And all we're standing down front here to do is that if you would just like for someone to pray with you specifically about brokenness that you're dealing with, we're here for you. You can pray about it right where you are. You can come talk to us after the service is over if you want to. But while we're singing and worshiping, If you are keenly aware of these broken pieces and you don't know what to do with them and you've never surrendered them to God, now is the time He has asked you to give them to Him. He died on the cross and allowed Himself to be broken 
so that you would know that you can take your brokenness to him. So will you do that today? Let's pray. Father, I cannot believe and I stand in awe of you and who you are because I've literally seen you heal brokenness in ways that are just unbelievable. You've done it in my life. You've done it in my friends and my family's lives over and over and over again. Just when I think something is shattered in too fine of pieces and it's impossible for anything to be put together, you redeem, you heal, and you make our lives purposeful again, and you make our lives joyful again, and you make our lives peaceful again and full of your love and your grace. Lord, in this very room, we have brokenness all over this place. And if someone here has never surrendered it to you, may they right here and right now come before you and say, God, I'm finally letting go. I give you all my brokenness. I give it over to you. And Lord, I ask you, right now to begin to heal me and make me whole again. And Lord, we pray these things in the powerful name that is above all names, the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.